superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. It's a big day for us here at the Rich Eisen Show. Turn those machines back up! Guess who's back? Oh my gosh. It's Rich Eisen. You know what I am? Knowledgeable. Chris Brockman. Rich, everything that I do during the show is work-related. That's so false. And Mike Del Tufo. 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 Hit the drop. I don't have everything ready. Earlier on the show, host of Peacock's Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio. Baylor head coach, Scott Drew. Coming up, Raiders radio voice, Brent Musburger. Plus, NFL Network analyst, Daniel Jeremiah. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. We've got uh, an interesting show already set up. Mike Florio and Scott Drew of Pro Football Talk and Baylor University Men's Basketball was already on the program. Brent Musburger, we're expecting to get him in just a couple of minutes' time right here. And then Daniel Jeremiah, uh, here we are in March we should be at the Combine. We're not. As we know, the Combine has been postponed for the year or canceled. We'll see it next year. Um, and um, and things are red hot already on the the quarterback carousel spinning. And uh, the reason why I'm having Daniel on is he's basically tweeted out about the imminent demise of the 40-yard dash as being um, outmoded and outdated. That's his GPS data that's coming from the college game at you know how somebody's running in game conditions and five years of data for context. Who cares what he ran in the 40? Words that Daniel Jeremiah tweeted out. That stings, to say the least. Uh, news breaking today. J.J. Watt is signed with the Arizona Cardinals, who hosts the Houston Texans next year. Um, right. So I can't wait for that to be placed on the calendar so we could see where Alabama's playing football that day. That'll be the Bill O'Brien Bowl. <laughs> nice. Hey, it's out. crazy. Like I said, I'll repeat it right here for our audience that's joining us maybe in hour number three, that if you had told Steve Kime, the general manager of the Arizona Cardinals, on the day in which they drafted Kyler Murray and decided to one and done, um, decided to, to one and done Josh Rosen and um, draft Kyler Murray, if we had, you had told Steve Kime at the, that day, you could take two Houston Texans. And he'd say, why are you asking me that? Well, because by March 1st, 2021, you'd have both DeAndre Hopkins and J.J. Watt. Are those the two Texans you'd take? And he'd say yes. And now he's got them. And J.J. Watt is now going to be in uh, one of the most entertaining divisions in football out in the NFC West. And it'll be up to him to put... um, It'll be him along with Chandler Jones and Hassan Reddick trying to put down on on the ground potentially... Uh, a new quarterback in Seattle. I mean, there's so much going on in the NFL. But we wanted to have uh, this man. I, I, I will. I say this with all honesty and sincerity. The fact that I can have this man call into the show um, to talk about uh, the passing of one of his great friends and one of his friends and one of his colleagues. The fact that I have the ability to do that for me. If you had told me back when I was watching him 
uh, on the NFL today on CBS, I'd say you could knock me over with a feather. It is an honor, as always, to welcome Brent Musburger to the program. How are you, Brent? Hi, my Rich. Always, uh, always a pleasure to talk with you. Sad, sad uh, moment yesterday when I I heard of the uh, passing of of our cross. I I have to say, and I actually sent this out in a tweet. I I really believe that he might have been one of the nicest people that I've ever been around. And um, I met him back in our days at, at Northwestern. He had been recruited uh, out of northern Indiana. He was an outstanding high school athlete at Hammond, not just a football player, but Earl Cross was, was a tremendous track star. And back in those days, Rich, uh, for your time, the, the college football game, you had to play both ways. Now, they, they were allowed to take the uh, the quarterbacks out for a time and not have them play defense. But in Earl Cross's case, he played um, both defensive back and wide receiver for uh, for Coach Parsegan. And he was uh, such a gentleman. And then uh, when we hooked up at uh, at CBS for the NFL Day, it was like, a, you know, an old Wildcat day when he came on board. But I... I was thinking. I was thinking yesterday. I never, Rich. I've never been around a person like this. I never heard him say an angry word about another person, a nasty comment, and I, and I never heard anybody say anything negative about Herb. He was a, he was a special gentleman, and um, you know, goodness, with the egos that I had on the show, <laughs> with, with the Greek and the former Miss America and Phyllis George, and mine was growing. Uh, to a level, it was it was so nice uh, having uh, the steady hand of Earl Cross uh, on the NFL today. And uh, gee, Arlene and I were driving up to Montana from Vegas a couple days ago, and and on the road up, you come through Pocatello, Idaho, and I, and I happened to think about Earl because he had been the athletic director at Idaho State, and you see the campus uh, off to the left as you uh, as you come up to Montana, and. Uh, such a gentleman and, and such a good friend to everybody. Really, really, really going to miss serve. Brent Musburger here on the Rich Eisen Show. Hey, Brent, uh, your phone is cutting in and out. If you don't mind, we're going to call you right back. If that's okay sure. with you, that's no, uh, that's fine. You got it. That's, okay. Give uh, Brent give Brent another call back to see if we might be able to get a better line because I definitely want to make sure that um, everybody gets to hear a little bit uh, better of what he's saying. I love how he basically just said that uh, there were a lot of large personalities on the set including his own including his own <laughs> growing person because that was definitely the one thing about Irv Cross is he definitely didn't have the me look at me right. or he didn't strike me as one of those folks who might come to work and like those people that Mike Del Tufo sometimes mics up every now and then yes you can tell when you walk up to someone to mic somebody up in our business whether they have. No, you can tell from the way they just react to you. It's like his personality comes right out. Right. And Irv was one of those guys. One of the nicest guys oh, that you yeah. could possibly, you know, have. And I just remember he was sort of a quiet, cool presence on the CBS uh, NFL Today set way back in the day. And honestly, 1975 is when they came on the air. Which is amazing. Wow. Brent Musburger and Irv Cross and Phyllis George on the set. And in 1975, the show won 
13 Emmy Awards. It's insane. (laughs) That's insane. Because, you know, it it really is quite something. Brent, uh, I I think we have Brent back on. You there, Brent? Uh, Yeah, I'm right here. Hopefully uh, this line is a little bit better. I am listening live. So much better. Um, So let's, um, what was it like in 1975 putting a show together uh, with somebody, you know, uh, who you did know from back in the day, but Irv was essentially bringing the player's perspective uh, to a show that was new. I mean, we all take uh, NFL pregame shows for granted now, but you were creating something somewhat out of whole cloth back in 1975, Brent? Yeah, of course. You know, Rich, the, the big difference was we were live. Um, prior to the NFL today, uh, Pat Summerall and Jack Whitaker actually taped the pregame show for Sunday, for CBS Sunday, on Friday afternoon before uh, they would head out to, uh, to various games. And when Bob Wessler, and he invented the NFL today, it was his idea that... Uh, it should be live, and not only that, but the the halftime and the postgame shows should be live. And uh, then he put together. Uh, first, it was uh, it was me and Irv. And uh, when he checked in and suggested Irv, I was gee, I couldn't believe it that I was going to be reunited with uh, with my old friend from Northwestern. And uh, I looked forward to it. And a couple months later, uh, Bob suggested phyllis george and uh and we were all on board and we rehearsed and uh, it, it honestly especially with irv it was like we'd all been friends for a long long time and uh no problem a year later they added um added jimmy the greek to the mixture um and i you know we were all you know the greek and phyllis had had their moments hmm. uh simply because uh, that stemmed from Phyllis's marriage to uh, John Y. Brown, who had been the governor of Kentucky and was the founder of KFC, and the Greek had done some PR work, and he thought he'd been shortchanged when uh, when the company went public. But, but whatever, you know, that's small time gossip. It was uh, it was great. You know, we were listen. I was a total unknown, and at that time, at that time, many broadcasters who had what I want to call difficult or long last names changed their name. Uh, Jim McKay, for example, uh, he, his real name was McManus. But I, I said, "No, nah, I'll just stick with Musburger. I wrote with it, and we will go forward." So, so it was a time of great excitement for me uh, to be involved with this particular show. But as I look back, I was blessed with with Irv, Phyllis, and uh, and even the Greek and uh, Bob Wessler made. Uh, great great hiring decision i think the key to a studio show with multiple personalities is the chemistry and it is not something you can make up uh it just it happens and and what happens is the audience the audience senses it without really thinking about it and then they become comfortable and uh the nfl today had had great rating success and of course, with Irv, I, you know, the one, the one point I want to make about Irv, he's just mm-hmm. such a gentleman. We, we all know that, and everybody like. But I'm going to tell you, Rich, he was a terrific football player. Um, I don't know, seven or eight years with the Eagles, and then three, I think it was, with the Rams. But he went to a couple of Pro Bowls. He was, he was an outstanding defensive back, 
uh, later coached briefly uh, with the Eagles uh, before turning turning to broadcasting. But I I don't want to overlook what how good an athlete uh, Irv was. He was a hurdler, sprinter. When he came out of Hammond, uh, he'd he'd been a track star from a huge family. I ten or eleven other children in that family, as I recall. And of course, he needed the scholarship uh, to get to college. And um, in those days, you had to work, you, you do small jobs around the school, and, and that gave you some income, which are needed uh, to pay for incidentals as time, time went on. I would see him, I would say, oh, probably once a week when he was doing his job, we'd stop and talk, and he knew I loved sports, and I was over at the, uh, the student newspaper. And, uh, but I, it, it, it's one of those things that, you know, you you don't think about it at the time. Now, looking back on it, we know that Irv Cross was the first African American uh, to uh, to host a sports studio show, and and Phyllis was the first woman. But honestly, uh, in that day, we we didn't even talk about. It. I honestly didn't even think about it, to tell hmm. you the truth. Now, in hindsight, we look back and, and we see the uh, evolution and the number of African Americans we have now hosting the various networks and we have so many more women who are involved and but we never thought of i can't remember one discussion with her uh, about race uh, we just we were friends um you know he he deserved the position he was my go-to guy when i needed the, the one thing about her if things were you know backing up on me with all the live fire that we had I could I could throw any question to him about football, and I knew that Irv would be able to handle it in some way. While I, while I would regroup and uh, get the next command from uh, <laughs> on the production truck. And I love that, Brent. I, uh, just the fact that you know, because I do recall, I do recall his quiet, cool demeanor. That there was really very rarely a voice raised and a certain respect that his voice and his demeanor commanded just when he opened his mouth. And that, you know, it was a, a, a wonderful ad or, or, or wonderful presence to a mix that sometimes could spin a little bit the other way, Brent. <laughs> no, absolutely. You know. No question. Uh, you know, the Greek would stir things up, but we always had the calmness of... Uh, River Cross to uh, to rely on uh, going forward, and uh, you know after he left broadcasting, a lot of people probably don't realize he became athletic director at Idaho State mm. and later at McAllister in uh, St. Paul. So uh, yeah, just uh, just such such a nice nice always important. I, Rich, I cannot remember one broadcast that he uh, wasn't able to make it. I, I think Irv was there for everyone of the NFL today's, um, as I recall. He just, he never took a leave of absence for anything. And um, he loved the NFL. There was, there was no doubt about it. I mean, he, he really uh, enjoyed everything, uh, everything about the league, and he knew it was growing at the time. And um, he, w- he would come in and watch the games when we weren't on the air. We would watch them together in the uh, CBS studio. And he was always, always interested in what was going on. Brent Musburger here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you uh, a quick question about the Raiders, um, whose games you broadcast uh, uh, on the radio, and certainly for Rich Eisen Show radio affiliate, Raider Nation Radio um, in Las Vegas, Nevada. 
um, that uh, the starting quarterback for the Raiders in 2021 taking the first snap would be? You want to fill yeah. in that blank? Derek Carr. You Derek miss. Carr. No question. Derek Carr. No question. Okay? Uh, I, in fact, I have to tell you that I'm a little disappointed by the continuing chatter about the Raiders. Uh, you know, Deshaun Watson's name, of course, came up, and it's possible he'd be moving on uh, from Houston. Uh, Derek Carr's offense was more productive than Deshaun Watson. Now, I'm not saying that Derek Carr is a better prospect. I'm not saying that. But people need to look at what Derek accomplished last year uh, with the eight wins. The, the problem that they lost eight games was never on Derek Carr. It is completely on the Raider defense. And had that defense played better, especially in a couple of games that come immediately to my mind, they would have been in the playoffs. I'm not sure that they would have been able to advance out of the wild card round. But Derek Carr was a playoff quarterback last year. And if, if they wish to make a move, um, it would be in the backup, in the backup spot, Rich. It's not, it, it doesn't make any sense at all for the Raiders to uh, spend a lot of what's going to be a reduced salary cap or something else on a, on a new quarterback. And I'm a little disappointed in the local press in Las Vegas in not, in not really supporting him and what he was able to, uh, to accomplish uh, last year with his team. The, the problem with the Raiders is on the defensive side of the ball. They have a new administration, new coaching staff over there, but they have misfired on their draft choices, and they have misfired on their free agent signings, and they need to correct that uh, going forward. Now, they were able to split with the Chiefs, and the truth is, if they were able to play defense last year, they would have <laughs> swept the Chiefs. Right. Then that's the reason. Three, Matrick Mahomes takes over, one timeout. They can't stop them. Uh, they couldn't stop the, the Miami Dolphins with a horrendous penalty uh, coming down that. the stretch. Oh, gosh. Derek Carr that. had him ahead. He had him ahead in both those games. He did his job. Well, I mean, I, I guess maybe the reason why Carr. Is being discussed is because that you know has happened in the past. Even though Carr had a terrific season, that we're seeing no sacred cows in the in the NFL across the landscape here. Um, and because I you know I've 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 pegged it as the Tom Brady effect that every team has seen that they could be one player away, and um, obviously there's only one Brady. But if you do get the right quarterback in. Maybe you upgrade, and uh, or you're you're a veteran quarterback like Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, and you're seeing what just happened with Brady after staying in one spot all this time. That maybe you're wondering that for you something better can be had somewhere else after all. I mean, it's just as amazing. What I'm I'm, I'm wondering if you can compare it to anything uh, in an off season. In, well, in, in in Brady's case, Rich, uh, he performed more like a general manager quarterback. Every point, every point scored by the Buccaneers in their Super Bowl win right. by a player who was not there the previous season. And Brady had a hand in bringing three of them, all the touchdown scores in. The Gronk, obviously, he comes back because Brady's there. Antonio Brown, who had played briefly, he comes back because he even stayed at Brady's house for a time uh, up in New England. And... As I read, 
Brady was one who called Leonard Fournette uh, when he was on the street. So, so Brady did a lot more than just play quarterback. And now it has come out that during the week in the buildup, he actually texted every one of his teammates and guaranteed that they would win the game. Uh, he was far more than just an ordinary quarterback signed by the Buccaneers. And congratulations to him. He obviously wanted to accomplish what Peyton Manning did with the Denver Broncos, uh, and he did it. Um, what, what's interesting to me is all the gossip. Now, Deshaun Watson's not gossip. That's, that's confirmed. We know that. Mm-hmm. But as far as I can tell, a lot of the Russell Wilson chatter uh, is coming from an agent and not Russell. I've known Russell Wilson for a long, long time, and he's a really, really solid guy. And uh, I can't believe that he's causing the organization internal problems. He may have been unhappy with some of the free agent signings in the offensive line in particular. But I would be very, very surprised if the Seahawks are shopping Russell Wilson right now. And I think that Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is a different kind of cat. Uh, he, he, he likes his own attention, and his name was thrown out there. Uh, but I think that the two quarterbacks, I think, that have been confirmed, obviously Deshaun Watson, obviously Houston has to make a decision down there. And it sounds to me like the Carolina Panthers mm. and the Chicago Bears, so I make it three now, are definitely shopping for a quarterback. I can't get a good read on Sam Darnold and the Jets. I suppose if, if Watson was shipped to the Jets, they could send Darnold down uh, along with that second pick in the draft and, and go from there. But, you know, it's that time of season. It's, it's the silly season, as we call it. Yes. I've called it for a long time in baseball. If you go back and look every year at the rumors, especially about the quarterbacks, uh, there are going to be some out there, and I, and uh, and of course the Rams and the Lions kicking things off with their big trade. Uh, I think that helped move the move the narrative along. But as far as I'm concerned, and I watch, I've watched for three years, and and I don't get this criticism of Derek Carr. Uh, is he a Hall of Famer? No, maybe not. But he's a winning quarterback. You you don't have to worry about that spot. But the Raiders have to worry about the defensive personnel. Brent, uh, I really cherish the time once again. Um, my condolence on the loss of your friend and longtime colleague in Irv Cross. Um, and uh, before I let you go, you, you mentioned early in your career that you were considering shortening your name. Do you remember the names that you were kicking around? I would have used my middle day? name, Woody. My mother's maiden name. So Brent Woody would have been, you were looking live with Brent Woody. Yep, that would have been it, lad. I think you'd made the right choice, Brent. I do, too. <laughs> <laughs> Smart move, Brent. Yes. Thanks, guys. Yes. Take, take care, care Brent. Thank Have you. a great day. you got to take okay. care. Brent Musburger, everybody. The best. Yeah, Brent Woody doesn't uh, no. Doesn't hit as much. <laughs> Brent Woody. No. No. But, you know, you, the look you you gave, you didn't, remember, you didn't know that Jim McKay was Jim McManus. I had no idea. Well, and the CBS Sports president, executive is is Jim McKay's son. You didn't I know, know that, that, huh? No, you didn't know that. I didn't, it's okay. No, I you didn't can admit that. it. You can admit Maybe. you don't know everything about the industry. No, it's I okay. I don't know everything. But yeah. How about that? Brent Woody, everybody. Not as good. <laughs> Let's take a break. We'll come back. Daniel Jeremiah will account. I sound like Ned Beatty in Network. <laughs> you will atone. 
Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit gametime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ah, the Players' Championship from TPC Sawgrass this weekend. Coming on NBC and the Golf Channel, pardon me, March 11th through the 14th, not this weekend. My bad, I'm, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. But the Players' Championship with... One of the best fields in all of golf. Rory, we got Ricky Fowler on the screen right there. March 11th through 14th on golf and NBC. It's fun watching the uh, WGC, the Mexico Championship uh, in Florida. Uh, Colin Marikawa, uh, you know, when I would love to just putt Marikawa. for one second. Like, like everything was yeah. going right in the middle. Nothing Dude, was side door. Nothing so was in, in threat of lipping out. And he just gets better when he's leading. Kepka had a rough He's day, really and he good. still finished second. Yep. Kepka about... still had a shot. If he would have somehow eagled 17, he could have made it close. Did you see that shot of Victor Hovland where – did you see that? Which uh, one? The, the eight he, he got or the, the one where he was right up against the – When it was right up against the, <laughs> yeah. you know, what, the fescue, right, or yeah. whatever you call it? Yeah. And he's decided – we're I mean, me and my friends were all sitting there watching. We're like, just take it unplayable. It's par five. Let's go. And he decides no. to just chip it out from there anyway, and he birdied. Yeah. It was ridiculous. But that was after he had an eight on nine on Friday that basically cost him the championship. championship. Right. Couple that was great. Of the, a couple of the players wearing red in honor of uh, Tiger it's, on Sunday. Uh, it's Golf Channel, I think, is probably the second most watched channel in my house. <laughs> and the first is. Got to be the 293. Peacock. 293. Peacock. Well, Peacock. Peacock. Yeah, I mean. Well, I'm talking about just cable channel. Cable. Oh, okay. 293, the baby channel. The baby the channel. Baby. What's that? What? Channel 293. It's all the kids the, uh, the kids learning. It's baby, called baby the baby shows. channel? I don't know what it's called, but that's the number. 293. <laughs> you really tell Sarah put the baby, baby channel, channel on and she knows what you're talking about? Yeah, 293 on DirecTV. I'm not the only one that knows this. They, no, 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 mi- no. they might not. They might. N- 
not call it the baby channel. Anyway. Hang on. Baby first. All right, Don, Don, put up the tweet here. Put up the tweet that just caught my eye. And I'm like, you know what? I got to get my friend here on the show to account. Daniel Jeremiah, we're about two to three years away from personnel departments not caring about 40 times. The game GPS data is going to replace it. And these are the words that really cut deep. Who cares what he ran in the 40? I know exactly how fast he ran in game conditions, and I have five years of data for context. And I know he's not saying that himself. He's putting those are the words that actual executives are saying. And I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? Is he trying to – Daniel Jeremiah, are you trying to end Fight Club? Is that what you're trying to do? <laughs> Are you trying well, to end it? Look, what are you doing? What's going on? This this has been perceived by some yes. as a retaliation um, for what the slander that you gave Fred the Sled at the combine. <laughs> when I tried to introduce. Yes, when Fred you the sled, when you so, tried to name the sled that was used out there as Fred the Sled, I thought it was awful, and Belichick himself loved it. Um, loved it, and the rest of your scouting and coaching and evaluation community loved it, and I. I accepted it. I came around on Fred the Sled, but um, this one this one cuts deep, Daniel. Cuts very deep. Well, there's a lot of layers here. I will I will say this. There's a lot of irony, as you can tell. I'm in the car right now. Yes. I uh, <laughs> I spent the day I spent the day in, in uh, the morning in Orange County, where a bunch of these guys are working out. Yes. And kind of put a bunch of these players through like a mock pro day, so they could get ready because there's no combine. Just yep. kind of give them a dry run. So these kids can go out and really perform and do their best at their pro day. Right. So I did find it interesting that I was out this morning timing 40s um, before coming on mm. to join you, Rich. And I got to say, it's the first time since 2012 where I was really at 40 at, at a pro day setting where my, you know, where you're kind of running it and your numbers matter. And I, I feel I felt kind of like a house cat today, like I was back out in the back, wild and yeah. I was just it took just. So uh, is. The irony even heightened by the fact that you used GPS to get to the site to time your forties, Daniel. Does the yeah, ir- if I could have if I could have just driven my car next to them while they ran, I would have done it. Maybe they wouldn't allow that on the field mm, up there in Orange County. See, but this is my point, Daniel. Is there's always going to be like sure, you know, uh, the SEC is going to have chips in the shoulder pads of these guys, but there's always going to be D three small school people that you're going to need to. Get out the old timer and figure this thing out. The forty-yard dash will always be necessary. Always, it's all. It, it's always going to exist. I am with you on that. It's right. always going to exist, and there will be times where it's help, where it helps. I would say that its significance in the process is has already been diminished to a degree, and is going to continue down that way. I still think we do it. We still do it at the you know at the combine, and we still. We've, we've been doing the GPS numbers at the combine for a while now, too. So we have both sets of information there. Um, but when I've talked to, to GMs and, and guys around the league, that that has entered into the lexicon over the last two years in a big way. And it's this guy was in the 94th percentile or this guy's fastest time was in the, you know, the 80th percentile for his position. These these. These GPS numbers are coming more and more and more into kind of the common conversations that you have on these players. Yeah, I know, but uh, I just we, you know, uh, it, it is it is obviously something. But to me, look, man, I I know that you know you'd rather use the GPS uh, in somebody's shoulder pad to see how fast someone ran against Auburn or against the Ohio State rather than having Charlie casually close one eye and try and figure out when his fingers actually moving accurately I, I i totally get that but you you're you are telling me 
that there will always still be a 40-yard dash at the combine, right? The scouts aren't going to just toss it, right? Yeah, I mean, I, we're, I think we will still have it, and I still think you'll use the, you know, you'll right. have the 40 time, but I think the GPS number will, will continue to carry some significance, and it's going to get more significance as we go forward. I mean, I can envision a day where you're running, you know, the distance of 40 yards, and then uh, we have a GPS number there, and we have a speed limit, and we could have a police officer there right at the finish line to see if whether or not you get a ticket or not. <laughs> Don't laugh at that. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. <laughs> Daniel Jeremiah here on the Rich Eisen show. All right, let's talk. Uh, let's talk a little bit here uh, before we get to this year's draft class. I think it was at the draft in Dallas where I was first hearing some rumors about keep an eye out for Seattle drafting a quarterback. I think that's how far back it was. The first time I heard, like, wait a minute, something's not right with Seattle and Russell Wilson. Something's going on. What is going on there? Daniel, what, 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 why is there constant smoke coming out of that building in regards to this coach-quarterback relationship that still exists to this day? What's going on? Yeah, it's a great question and, and good recall by you. I mean, I don't say who all was in the vehicle, but I remember you know us being in the vehicle on the way to the draft and we yes. were having these conversations. Like, yes. is this really possible? Like, right. it was legitimate, legitimate information. So it's been going on for a little bit of time here. I, I thought the telling thing in that article – was the mention of the two quarterbacks, right? He's kind of caught in between the legacy of Brady with the championships or Breeze with the numbers. And he hasn't been able to really get to either one of those sides. He's been kind of right in the middle, and that's the formula that, that, Pete's, that Pete's used. So it's, a belief, it's Pete's belief in the philosophy and Russell's belief in himself, and eventually there's going to come a time where, where that's just not going to work anymore because it's a different, it's a different goal in mind. Uh, for both of them, so I, I, the problem is here's the thing: you say, "Well, they're not," you know, the, C, the Seahawks are not happy with him saying this stuff publicly. Russell's not happy. That's why he's obviously saying these things publicly. But how the heck do you get fair value in a trade for somebody like Russell Wilson? I just don't know how you do that because everybody loves to make the hypothetical trades, but they always forget to tell you who's going to be playing quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's why I said, you know, the two words are Geno Smith. You know, and and so. Um, that said, though, there are two teams on the East Coast that do have sort of the, if this is true or not, what he's looking for, an upgrade into a glitzier lifestyle uh, for he and his his wife and his family. Um, there are two teams in the other conference on the East Coast that can flip a quarterback that's young and under contract uh, back to Seattle if, if they want it. The Jets and Darnold and Tua and Miami. Do you think Miami and the Jets... Uh, make a move like this, whether it's for Wilson or Watson, over the next six weeks before you and I sit, uh, assuming uh, socially distant in Cleveland, Ohio, for the draft? Daniel? Um, you know, it's interesting. When you look at those two quarterbacks and those two teams, I would say Miami could would make sense with both, right? Obviously, everybody's going to make sense for Deshaun Watson at his age and his skill set. Um, but I would say with their team kind of ready to win, more so right now, I would think Russell Wilson would make some sense there. Um, the Jets, to me, would be more of a Watson or the draft um, would make more sense. I don't think Russell's as great a fit there. It's just going to be you. You watch the team every week, Rich. I mean, they've they've got some foundational pieces, but you know they've got a lot of picks this year and next year, and that's going to kind of be key for them um, to be a really good team. Uh, but I don't think that I don't think they're ready right now for Russell Wilson. Yeah, I guess, but you you can covet what you see, you know, and obviously, if anybody knows what 
what Russell Wilson can do to a defense. It's somebody, you know, who has been trying to coordinate against him, um, you know, and the Jets' new head coach there. So what do you think the Jets' uh, game plan is right now? March 1st, here we go, second overall, who wants who, and what do they do over the next six weeks? Best guess right now, DJ. Well, I think I think they, they – for sure check their voicemail every day to see if Nick Cesario is called back. Uh, I'm sure that's, that's where the day starts. Uh, right. And then, and then once you get through that part of your day, um, you, you're trying to get to what I believe will probably be about a month from now, probably the 1st of April. By that time, you'll have a comfort level with these draft kids. You'll know not only have you seen their pro days, see them throw live, You'll have a chance to have had multiple interviews with them, you know, over Zoom to get your coaches comfortable with them. Um, your coaches by now should have a feel for for Sam. The new coaches should know exactly how they feel about him and how he fits, and not only how he fits in, you know, physically, but also financially into what they want to do. So, to me, I think you've got to get to the point where you can say whoever your quarterback is in this draft, whether it's Wilson, Fields, Lance, whoever. That, that they've passed your physical um, and that you've seen them live and they've checked those boxes in terms of the interviews and all that stuff, then you decide comparing them versus Sam. So to me, again, every day I'd, I'd be checking in on uh, on Sean Watson to see if there's any any chance you get something going there. But outside of that, I think what this is going to have to play out till we get to, to April. All right, let's check on your latest mock draft 2.0. No shock here, Trevor Lawrence. And then you do have the Jets selecting Zach Wilson. So that's who they would if they decide to stay put and then decide that Darnold will be playing elsewhere. That's what they would do. That's that's who they would choose, would be the BYU that's, quarterback. That's just my you know, my mock draft version here. Right. We've got a couple more to go, but as I as I kinda look at it, I think that's the one that makes the most sense for them. Um so uh that's where I have them going. And then and then it becomes interesting. I mean, the, the fascinating thing, Rich, is going to be what happens then with Sam. So if you take if you take Wilson or Fields, whoever you take there, or Lance, right? Um, everybody's kind of looked at it and said, okay, do you get a second round pick for Sam? Is it a second round pick this year? Is it a second round pick next year? Could you maybe even squeeze a late one out of one of these teams? And I'm sitting here going, man, if if I'm situated where the Jets are, I'm trying to get a pick swap. You know, they picked 34 at the top of the second round. Um, I, I would be trying like crazy to see if I could find one of those teams that's picking. You look at where Carolina is. Um, you look at, at where uh, a team, where is Washington picking? I think they're what, uh, they're a little bit further back. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got Denver Denver and Carolina, I believe, what, 8-9 mm-hmm. in that range? Right. I'd be trying like heck to see if I could get let's let you get Sam Darnold and pick thirty four. We get pick eight or nine, and the Jets end up with two picks in the top ten. Huh? Because the Jets can just start, I guess, stockpiling that stuff. I, I um, I'm trying to. Me, to, to me, you take the court. You take the quarterback at two. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Then you're depending on what happens in free agency. Um, you could take you could take a really good offensive lineman there at eight or nine to plug in with a really good addition in free agency with Mackay Becton and mm-hmm. a top ten offensive lineman. Now you've got a really good offensive line to work with here, and you'd still have pick twenty three. 
um, which you could pick or you could trade back. You've got a lot of options with what you could do there. I'm just saying there, there's a way with Sam, if they did decide to move Sam, I think you could come up with a formula where you could end up with a couple top ten picks. A few minutes left here with Daniel Jeremiah, my colleague uh, at the NFL Network. We should be at the Combine right now. Where we are, uh, f- I'm, you know, you and I have been told we're get ready to go to the draft in person in Cleveland, which we're very excited about. Uh, right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Um, so Justin Fields to Atlanta, uh, Trey Lance to Carolina. I saw Mac Jones to New Orleans. What is going on? You're also, I'm also hearing a lot about Mac Jones, maybe top yeah. 10 uh, Carolina. What's going on with this Alabama quarterback? What are, what are, you, what are you thinking about this and that, that mix right there to the Saints? You like that one, huh? Yeah. I like the fit with the Saints, and they've got to see what's going to happen with Jameis and what they want to do with that position. But I think he really fits because the the skill set he has, his strengths are his, uh, you know, ability to see the field, his ability to throw accurately. He's not somebody that's got a huge arm. He's not a great athlete. Um, but we've seen Drew towards the latter portion of his career, you know, once he's lost a little bit, uh, see this offense still click at a pretty good pace when you've got somebody that's a good decision maker that's accurate. Um, like like Jones is, but to me the interesting thing with Mac is this top the top ten man. I just there was no no point when I watched him where I thought that was a top ten pick just because he does not have that that type of juice. You know when you talk about arm strength or you think about his ability to create and make plays, and he's a very tough kid to evaluate because you can sit back in a rocking chair behind that offensive line, and you've got a lot of good options out there in the field. So he's he's difficult to evaluate. I would say you're seeing him really kind of rise up through this portion because he's an incredible kid, and the more people around him and the more you hear about his intelligence and work ethic, I think people are really, really buying on that. So uh, let's try and put some pieces together here um, from college to the pros. Um, Are you of the belief that despite the uh, Instagram video of him pushing the sled around that Breeze is, is going to retire? Does the evaluation community think that that is going to, in fact, happen? Yeah, you know, that's where my, my son works out in the summer there with Todd Durkin there in San Diego. So I've seen Drew doing that sled drill a bunch uh, over the last couple of years. But uh, I, I I still think he stays retired. Uh, I think he's never going to stop being a competitive person who's going to work out and stay in great shape. I thought maybe that got blown up a little bit. Okay. All right. Uh, and, we're, you know, Alex Smith rumored to be uh, released by the Washington football team. A lot of people connecting dots to his college coach, Urban Meyer, and he'd be the perfect guy to – teach trevor lawrence how to be a professional but maybe he's thinking you know i didn't come back from leg, sur- leg surgery to be mr chips here uh i want my opportunity what, what, what where do you think he might make sense for a team that that could potentially go to the playoffs with alex smith as washington was doing because of his play last year yeah i mean the two that ma- the two that make the most sense to me um to me first and foremost would be jacksonville and you know i he did such a great job with mahomes he's probably maybe he's being punished for that but, uh, man, that's, that would be my target if I was Jacksonville to try and bring him in. And then I would just add, we'll see, keep an eye on New England and what goes on up there because we know Bill's formula, right? But he wants to not turn the ball over, make good decisions, and win with defense and special teams. And Alex Smith can do that. I love that. Food for thought. Um, and what you before I let you go, news of the day, what do you think of J.J. Watt signing in Arizona, DJ? Yeah, that. I just, I mean, I I found that out while I was out there on the on the field today. I was shocked. I, I didn't, I did not see that one coming. It didn't seem like a, a a real natural fit. But 
um, you get a chance to, if they can stay healthy up there up front um, and reuniting with Hopkins, I guess all they need is Watson. They can just get the whole game back. Uh, (laughs) No, I think they got Murray, but why don't you think it would be a fit? You'd think, you know, because can J.J., he can play interior, right? I mean, if if J.J. can fit as a a player, I just thought he was going to try and cherry-pick a team that he thought could get him to the the winner's circle, you know. You don't think Arizona to the winner's circle? Ooh. I, I like I like Arizona, but I would have thought to me I looked at a team like Buffalo and as far as they went last year and the pieces that they had in place. Right. Um, and, I, and I know you can talk about the the Murray miracle that they they beat them, but to me I thought Buffalo was closer to the finish line, and I thought JJ was going to go someplace to be maybe be that last piece. Right. Um, I think Arizona can be a playoff team, but I don't think that they were one piece away from a championship. DJ, appreciate the time again. No more, even if you think it. Don't don't tweet about that uh, about the forty yard dash because if you, they come for the forty, what's next? Football on a stick? We can't have it. You know what I mean? Like let's just keep let's just keep old school, old school. Let's keep it let's keep it healthy. Let's keep it young and fresh, best we can. Yeah, you don't mind. Yep. Let's uh, let's do that. Matt called while we were talking, by the way. So I got to call him. Did he back. really? <laughs> Yeah, he did. I did. wish I could have three way. I would have three way to men there. Can you uh, imagine how pissed you'd have been if I would have if I would have said, "Hey, Mike, you're on the air." By the way, we're happy. showing a photograph of me with football and a stick with him right there. And once again, he's not TD. He he wasn't into football and a stick. He wasn't into it as much as I clearly was. But <laughs> that picture say a thousand words right there. <laughs> All right, DJ. Thanks for the call. You take care. See you, Rich. Bye. Tell Mike I said hi. There's uh, there's Daniel Jeremiah. Telling you, I think my, my I know the same way that people called Mike to set a board. Mike's calling DJ to just say, "Let's talk about the board a little bit here." Isn't that interesting? He's out there hand timing forty yard dashes for kids yeah, really to get weird. ready. Huh? No, really weird. I'm sorry. I, I'm I'm too busy to do this. Um, use GPS, kids. <laughs> Go put a chip on your shoulder. I got a chip on my now. shoulder. You got a chip on your shoulder. Yeah, damn straight. Alex Smith, I've got a couple cents on that subject. Let's hit that as we set up the rest of the week as we're back here. It's March 2021, people. Oh, that's <laughs> that's the photograph right there. Football, honestly, I gave Mayock headaches with that thing. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. If you're Alex Smith and you had 17 surgeries and you come back and you're telling GQ that when I came back, I threw a wrench into the Washington football system and all of that business. And you're, you're, you're wondering, was that really what was going on behind the scenes that they kind of didn't want him and then they eventually turned to him and then they use him? Like he throws a wrench into the system and he's suddenly the perfect tool for the job. 
which is exactly what happened. Taylor Haneke, great game, all sorts, well and good. Well, what is their system? <laughs> well, you know what? What their system is, don't turn the ball over. Let the defense do it. Don't turn the ball over. Keep dump, dump it down to McKissick. No, but I mean, Dwayne and, Haskins, was there a system that he threw a wrench into? Well, I mean, like, no, he, well no, I think the system was Kyle Allen. That, you know, that you got a coach, I'm going to bring my guy right. that I used when Cam was no longer healthy. Yeah. Or you even heard the rumor that when Cam got hurt and it's Kyle Allen's show. Remember that was all that conversation? I think it was Todd Bowles who, in fact, told me before the Bucks panthers game that we covered um, in London that, that Kyle Allen created more of an issue than Cam to be de- – to defend because Cam, you knew all the action was play, taking place right at e- it's either in McCaffrey's hands or it's in Cam's hands. Right. But Kyle Allen kind of spread things out from that mesh point. That's the way he explained. Not that Cam is easier to defend, but when Cam's in the game, it's different than the one when Kyle Allen was in there. It was more difficult to prepare in a way. So here's Ron Rivera. I'm bringing my guy in. If Haskins isn't working, I'm using my guy. And the last thing we're going to do is have somebody here in Alex Smith who's taken up a roster spot or taken up money or whatever. This is what he's – did you read that that GQ article where he said that he threw a wrench in their plans? I'm just bringing this up because this yeah. is – I mean, no one thought that he was going to come back right, from what he suffered. Right. So, so I understand that, that makes sense. he's like it's a business or what have you. But then he becomes the guy who doesn't turn the ball over Right. Who does move the chains down the field when he's dumping it off to McKissick, or he's finding Logan Thomas who had a dynamite season Unreal. at tight end? Fantasy just destroyed. You know, yeah. the wide receiving is getting better each passing year, right? One of the many the Ohio State receivers in the league. Yeah, Terry McLaurin. So that guy is now gonna. What, go down to Jacksonville and take a nice chunk of change to mentor Trevor Lawrence? Get in there if the kid gets hurt? I don't know. They're going to have to pay him a pretty, pretty penny. And I, I, I understand that's his college coach, which is crazy. That's one of my favorite stories. Is By the way, Urban Meyer's first big, huge hit on the national stage was out there in Utah. With all due respect to Bowling Green, you know? That was when Notre Dame comes knocking on the door from Utah saying, how'd you like to come here? No, I'll go to Florida. <laughs> How'd that work out? It did. I just don't, I don't know. If I'm Alex Smith, I take Belichick's call first, man. Now that's interesting. Oh, Ooh. yes, I do. Okay, Bill. Now that is interesting. Okay, Bill. That short that. passing game that you and McDaniel's like to do. Okay, Bill. You don't want to turn the ball over. Okay, Bill. You want to teach everybody that you can win championships post Brady. I'm not the guy after that guy. I'm now the guy after the guy who was after the guy. That's the guy you want to be in the world. I have no explanation for what. I'm I serious. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like Alex I like Smith as, a lot. as the backup. No, I don't like Alex Smith as a backup. I like him as the guy. Who's the who is he backing up? He's going to back up someone they who? draft. Who? What do you mean? And he's the mentor. <laughs> not going to win a championship with Alex Smith. I'm sorry, you're not. Who are you drafting? 
You're going to draft one of these kids in the first round and start. Yeah, him. you're going to draft Mac Jones. You're going to trade up for Trey Lance. You're going to do one of those guys. Or you're going to wait for Kyle Allen at the top of the second round if you move up in, into that position. What's more Bill Belichick, taking Alex Smith and saying, let's go to work, let's win, or going to take a first-round draft choice quarterback and say, let's start from scratch? Drafting the quarterback in the scratch. No Sorry. way. Well, we took I'll an MVP, the other and it kind of went to disaster last Well, you year. took the MVP yeah. work, work, because work. you decided, let's go to work with – Hoyer slash Stidham, and then when June rolled around, I think the you know alarm went off. Like, oh gosh, I think we're going to have a season here, and I don't know going into a season with either one of these guys is a good idea. Let's go get Cam, which I thought was a terrific signing, regardless of the fact that they missed the playoffs. I thought it was still even in hindsight, I thought it was a terrific signing. I like Alex Smith in New England, dude. You don't? Uh, nah. Why? He's not the future. What's your upside? Eight and eight? No. The upside is you make. The... <laughs> I'm, dude, be realistic. I'm being realistic. Be realistic. Alex Smith on Thanksgiving Day. Alex Smith was the first quarterback to beat the Steelers this year. Alex Smith with that defense. I don't even know if the Patriots have the defense is, is, that's as good as Washington's, to be honest with you. Uh, they got, everyone's coming, everyone's coming back. Smith. Everyone's coming back. Okay, year. so here we go. Here we go. And why not this guy in this world of the NFL where never say never? Why not this guy with Belichick? I like it. I'm talking myself deeper into it with each word I'm saying right now, and I don't understand why yeah, you out there, what, who else are you going to want? What are you going to do? You want to trade for Mariota? What are you going to do? No, I don't want that either. But you'll take I, Trey I, Lance I and go to I work. Want. I'll draft one of these young kids and build them up and go and to go work. And go 5 and 11. And you have? Go 4 and 12. 5 and 11. You're fine with that. You can do with that. I would rather go five fan. and eleven with a young kid that we drafted than eight and eight with Alex Smith. I don't think you go eight and eight with Alex Smith. I, go, I think you go eleven and five with Alex Smith. You I are insane. I think <laughs> if you, you are insane, dude, you went with this Cam Newton this year. You finished seven and nine. Bro, you don't think with Alex Smith? You don't think Alex? That, by the way, that seven and nine with Cam has a gigantic asterisk on it. I understand. Gigantic. I know that there's a bunch of people so you who just opted throw out. it out. Twenty twenty really doesn't matter. Like. You got to build. You're not building anything Dude, with Alex Smith. I like Alex Smith oh, for the Patriots. Anytime you start talking about him, I'm going to stop listening. <laughs> <laughs> we could actually, you know what? We should stop talking over each other and come together. Why don't We're you not coming together on Alex Smith. Why don't you draft that kid and let Alex Smith start for you while that kid gets ready? And then what? After six games, it's clear Alex Smith isn't the answer because you're one in five, and then you got to go to the kid anyway? And he starts too early? Too soon? I don't know. Bill's going to go with a rookie quarterback in the first round. That's it for this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Thanks to Mike Florio, Scott Drew, Brent Musburger, and Daniel Jeremiah. We are back on Peacock to take you to brother from another.